Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag college football. No, I don't think that'd be a good idea because then they just might test out the stuff they're testing on you to ensure that you don't get in there. You know, our government lately has uh, shown some resistance to enforcing laws around this country to the detriment of its uh, citizens. I suspect those wouldn't be uh, laws that they chose not to enforce. That's Mike Leach, Washington State coach. Should people storm Area 51 to find out what's really going there? He'd advise you no. They're going to test out some gamma ray thingamajig or something on you. So don't toy with it. You weren't on the verge of storming Area 51, were you, PK? Nah, I really don't care what Mike Leach thinks on that stuff. Do you care about the new AP people? Not much. Utes, moving up a spot. They're number 13. There wasn't much change because Oregon was the only top 25 team that lost. There'll be six ranked teams on the road this week and a couple of games matching ranked teams, so maybe there'll be a little bit of drama and a little bit of change going forward. Stanford's K.J. Costello questionable to play against USC this weekend. Of course, he got hit in the head, knocked out of the game, concussion symptoms, and so he had to leave that Northwestern game, which the Stanford defense made sure they won 17-7, scored a touchdown late in the game. You got Stanford to beat USC this week? I mean, why are you so sure that that's going to happen? What? What you just said. I'm not sure. It's what I would pick. Right. I don't know enough to put the money down on it, as you like to say, because I think Stanford's defense is good and probably better than USC's defense, and it looks like both offenses are questionable. I'll take the better defense. Okay. You taking SC? I really haven't thought about who I'd pick. Uh, I don't know what the line is. Um, my guess is that... I would still think SC has a very an excellent chance to win. That's one of the big games in the Pac-12. Cal is playing. Uh, Cal's playing Washington, so you got a couple of uh, league games right out of the gate. I haven't seen a line on that Stanford USC thing, and I suppose it's probably because they don't know the health of the quarterback, so they're holding off on it. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I'm going to be doing his treatment, getting his pliability. If he comes over and rubs some CBD medic on me, I'll feel twice as good that, and then I'll be ready to go. Are you ready to join the team, buddy? ready. <laughs> was Rob Gronkowski talking there. I could barely understand a word he was saying. I know. I don't know what the <laughs> second one was. The second one, Ezekiel Elliott at the airport? Yeah, as I wrote on your thing. Yeah. It says Ezekiel ready to rejoin Cowboys. I saw him getting interviewed at the airport. He was signing autographs. Apparently, he's got a six-year, $90 million contract extension. $50 million in guaranteed money. Most ever given to a running back. Todd Gurley just got $45 million, So, he got to miss all those two-a-days, all the preseason practice games, and all the practices around them. And he got his money. So. How many two-a-days did they have? He wins. I don't know. They got rules on those now, limiting them. You said all of them. Yeah, I think it's like four. Okay. Rams and quarterback Jared Goff agreed to terms on a four-year contract extension. So he's signed now through 2024. 
He gets $134 million, and $110 million of that's guaranteed. That's a big old pile of cash for Jared Goff. It's good to go to a Super Bowl, PK. It's good to be good. I mean, Zeke Elliott didn't go to a Super Bowl. The Rob Gronkowski, that was in reference to, uh, you know, would a call from Tom Brady sway him? Could Tom Brady talk him into returning uh, to football? Instead of truly enjoying my time off, truly enjoying what I found getting into business. I got a lot of things dropping in the next couple weeks with my brothers and family, and I'm really staying busy with it. So now that Ezekiel Elliott's signed and Antonio Brown, we don't hear about the helmet anymore. It's going to be whether Rob Gronkowski, the daily update, is he going to come back? That seems like where this is trending, yes. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Here's the set. Three to Suzuki. Sparkle. Washington with seven in the ninth. They just given up five in the top of the ninth. They come back with seven in the bottom of the ninth and win the game. Thought they got a, a few breaks there at the start, PK, a few CNI singles, but then in the end they were just crushing it as they beat up on the Mets bullpen and end up scoring seven times and winning that game. Yeah, they had some crazy stats. Like the Mets were uh hadn't lost with a six-run lead in the ninth and like 700 and something games <laughs> and in the nationals hadn't won when they were trailing by 680 games some crazy stat that they drew up and sure enough they got it done what is going on with your diamondbacks they have uh, totally thrown that whole two games above two games below thing out the window Still, I think, what, three and a half back of a wild card, so still got some work to do, but now five over after beating the Padres two to one. The second time this season since May 15th or something was the last time they had been five games over 500. So we'll see if it lasts. It didn't last last time as they beat the rookie from Cuba, Balaneos, as you know. What's his name? I think it's uh, like uh, B-A-L-A-N-O-S or something. So for the Padres, it's back to uh, they can pitch and they can't hit, which is uh, that's a familiar song. Yeah, I brought this kid up, and uh, he pitched extremely well. I was watching the game. He gave up two runs, but really he only gave up one because they had uh, a couple singles and uh, scored a run at first and third with one out. Taylor made double play ball, and the kid couldn't get it out of his glove second base and so the run scored and that was it 2-1 that's all she wrote not the lowest scoring game of the night the Giants got themselves two hit and shut out and they lose to the Cardinals 1-0 as the Cardinals and Cubs continue their race in the uh, in the National League Central Division the Cardinals in a game that featured a combined one run on seven hits get the win Cubs keep pace they beat the Mariners 6-1 to one. Nick Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber, Wilson Contreras, all homering for the Cubbies. So they keep playing long ball. 
Also, George Springer. That was an awkward-looking catch. Ball hit right over his head in center field, going back, and it looked like he stumbled on the track, so he was falling when he cracked his head on the wall. Couldn't, couldn't brace himself at all. He cracked his head? Cracked his head on the wall. I think he smacked it. I don't think he cracked it. I think he made a crack sound when he hit it. He didn't crack it open. That'd be really when disgusting. When you crack it, there's only one thing that follows, and that is open. Uh, concussion is what A crack means that there is a crevice, an opening, if you will. I don't think that happened. No, it's more the sound of the crack. The crack is not the word. You can defend it all you want. I am going to. (laughs) They lost the game, by the way. The Brewers won to keep pace in the National League Central, although they're off the pace now. They kept pace, but they're off the pace? Well, they're seven games back. They didn't fall for wild card. I think they're four back. In, in, the, second, in the wild card race? I think in that second wild card, I can double check that right here. Four back of the Cubbies. Uh, yes. Uh, yes, exactly. Four back of Chicago, as you say. Washington with a huge win. Although Washington is three and a half up, so they're probably going to get in. They're, well, they're three and a half up on the Cubs. They're probably going to host. They're six up on the Phillies to get in. So Washington ought to be feeling pretty good about themselves yeah. right now. What do you mean they're six up on the Phillies? Well, the Phillies would, are the third team in the wild card race. So to get in the wild card game, they just have to stay in front of the, the Phillies. It's three and a half from the well, Nationals. Yeah, that's the Cubs, They're the going to get in. Right. Ah, the host. I don't really care about that. I don't either. It's more about having your pitching set up yeah. and your bullpen not gassed. And I, got, I didn't oh. understand your host, but right. yeah. You, right. The, they're the they're wild, wild card number one. Cubs are wild card number two. Cubs are two and a half games in front of the Phillies, three and a half in front of the Diamondbacks. So that's most of the drama right there. And then in the American League, it's really tight. Tampa Bay's in the lead in the wild card race. Oakland and Cleveland. So you're are, looking at the standings. I, I am right it. now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is Oakland that surprising? and Oakland and Cleveland are a game. Oh, he just had a shot toward you. At seven thirteen, he just it's, gave you a shot. It's what's yeah. trending. It's our daily ritual. There it is. All right, what is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener. Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. It's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, college football. Life of Riley every Wednesday. Riley Nelson, BYU football analyst at 730. Riley Jensen, our college football insider at 805. And the question of the day. Utah's now the highest ranked team in the Pac-12. How long is that going to last? It's a prestigious place to be in, man. Because? I'm... Because the conference champion will end up the highest-ranked team and will go to the Rose Bowl? Most likely, yeah. I mean, this is this is a great spot. and They're really in a, a tremendous situation, this opportunity that they have. They don't come around often, and yet it's here. It's right here. And Ute fans, they're certainly thinking Rose Bowl, but they're even quietly talking playoff. I've heard some Ute fans tell their significant others about about yeah, it's the it's the Rose Bowl. It's uh, the Rose Bowl's probable, but the, the playoff is possible. I mean, these are some hoity-toity times. All right, we'll get to that coming up. Your feedback it's out there on Facebook, DJ and PK. It's out there on Twitter, David DJ James. Grab your phone, use the open mic, send us your take. How long will the Utes hold on? To the highest ranked spot in the Pac-12. They're, they're 13. Washington's 14 and Oregon's 16. Yeah. Stanford's down there 23. Right. 
All right, DJ and PK, we'll get to that coming up, and we'll talk BYU football as they head to Tennessee. Get Riley Nelson's take on the rivalry game and look ahead to the game with the Volunteers. That's next. Stay with us. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Gary Sanchez homers twice as the Yankees beat the Rangers 10-1. Have the best record in the American League right now. The Dodgers, they win again. They take down the Rockies 5-3. Russell Martin, David Freeze, Justin Turner all homering in the game. Twins beat the Red Sox 6-5 as well. NFL football, Ezekiel Elliott, six-year, $90 million contract extension. The Rams and quarterback Jared Goff agree on a four-year deal, a four-year extension worth $134 million, $110 million guaranteed for him. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Homie, buying or selling a home. Homie will give you up to $5,000 back to help you with closing costs and fees. Remember, it's simple to get started with Homie. See more at Homie.com. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. If you have a campfire, put it out. A campfire is not fully properly out until you can put your hand down in the coals. Mm-hmm. Please be more responsible. Who are you tailgating? They'll actually have the bins for coal. I accidentally one time at a San Francisco Giants game would put the coals and I put them in that bin. Had styrofoam over my shoulder in a conversation, threw them in there. Into the hot bin? You're no. the problem. Now everything turned out okay. Yeah, now burn down San Francisco all no, you want. No, but no, leave no. my mountains alone. Black smoke is just billowing. I was like, that, that was my bad. You napalmed the San Francisco Giants <laughs> tailgate. Lot C. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you by Master Electrical Services. And Master Electrical will light up your day. Give us a call at 801-543-2222. We'll be right on our way. That's 801-543-2222. Question of the day. Utah's now the highest-ranked team in the Pac-12. How long will it last? Seems like there's four obvious answers to this, PK. Forever? Forever. That's one of them. No, that's not one. Why not? Because nobody's the big dog forever. Washington's won two of the last three conference titles. They're not the big dog right now. Right. That proves my point. So it's, it's Utah's not, turn. Okay. That's forever being the rest of the season, of course. Ah! Thought forever was actually forever, and the rest of the season was the rest of the season. Forever is the rest of the season. There is that one where they are for the rest of the season. Yeah. A lot of people are answering, until November. Put it up on a poll. You love that stuff. I do. Mm-hmm. All right. This is no surprise, certainly, that they would be the highest ranked team at some point. I mean, there are three teams within four spots of each other. Not so at all. If no. They, if the three of them pass it around this year, it won't be surprising. Take one down and pass it around. 98 bottles of root beer on the wall. Mm, that's not the way I knew the lyrics. I grew up in Utah County. <laughs> I died in Utah County. (laughs) (laughs) So it it was really just almost a foregone conclusion. I don't think you can say specifically it absolutely was, but it certainly isn't surprising. I, I expect them to hold it 
for a number of weeks, for sure. Certainly for the next two weeks. Well, the obvious answer would be they hold it until they play Washington State. They lose to Washington State. You're going to lose at some point. You're not going to go undefeated. That's a team that's beaten them four games in a row, which is six years in a row. Great. So the odds are in their favor. I like it even better. (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I smell hypocrisy in the air. Odds are in their favor. Well, the odds are in BYU's favor, but we both said we think Utah's going to beat the, the, BYU. There's until a massive they don't. talent gap now, so that doesn't make any sense. That that would be like the just because they played Weber uh, twenty times that Weber should get them the twenty first time. No, I don't think so. I, I, when you're in a conference, things are much more equal. Not that everything is totally equal, because I think Salt Lake City ought to have a million advantages over Pullman having been to both and living close to one on one or the other. So uh, the BYU thing, there's a disparity, despite what that Cougar fan said to uh, us the other day, the, a slight gap in talent. It's not slight. So here's four options for you. Utah's now the highest-ranked team in the Pac-12. How long will it last? Until Saturday when UW wins. If Washington beats Cal, no. it looks good doing it. They're only one spot behind. I could jump them. No. Uh, Utah jumped Washington by beating BYU and looking good doing it. Fine, but that does nothing after to do with this. After Utah loses to Washington State, after Utah loses to Washington, or all season. I, I'm telling you, Utah is this team that doesn't get any respect because everybody respects them greatly and admires them. So we've got to stop with that line of thinking. Oh, they they play you so tough. It's so condescending <laughs> when they say that. All right. So do you want to put anything else in there? Those are four. I mean, I could put Cal. I could put after they lose the or uh, uh, they could lose to USC or I could put in uh, Did you put all season? Pac-12. I did. I put all season in as the fourth. You don't listen when I speak. <laughs> it sounds good to say that. I've heard it a few times. Saturday, when UW wins, after Utah loses to Washington State, after Utah loses to Washington, or all season? That's what I went with. And pac title game and at USC are two other obvious answers, but I only have four. You want to change anything? I don't think anybody's going to pass him as long as Utah wins. You want to put in a loss at USC instead of Saturday? No, I don't care what you put in. Okay. It doesn't matter to me. All right. But well, sometimes you have a better answer. So I'm checking before you tweet. I haven't said this out. That's fine. That's okay, fine. then here it is. It's fine. I'm Pick fine with pro- all of those. It's posted. Go vote. I'm just saying, in my opinion, which could be totally wrong, I do not think as long as the Utes win, they're going to be passed because I believe this year especially, they have never received more respect. And in the way they get their respect is they're not respected enough. And But once you start having... 500 people say they're not respected enough. The irony in it is they are actually they're being respected. respected. I totally get that, yeah. and I sign off 100%. And you hear that from time to time. And I think is because Kyle treats everybody like gold, not just a national or local. You know, Majerus was famous for, I'll go pick you up at the airport if you were at, and I saw that many, of t- many times, national guys would fly in. In Albuquerque, he'd go pick them up. You know, he treated them like gold. And so they were all sympathizers. And it was that he bought somebody a hamburger. Not that he conducted illegal practices. He bought somebody a hamburger. He spun that. And the SC thing was because of his health. Not because they told him you can't recruit junior college kids and stop with putting your assistants on the road, get them back at practice. No. So they would 
I don't say they would cover for him, but they believed everything he told them, and they hugged him. I saw national guys literally hug them, him and on the court. And so Kyle treats everybody extremely well. And so they want to give them the benefit of the doubt to where I don't think, the big the point of this is, I don't think they will be passed as long as they win. Well, the only scenario where I had that happening was this weekend because I think uh, people know Cal's decent and they've got a good defense. And if Washington were to route them, take them out behind the barn, deliver a three-touchdown beating. Yeah, but Utah's going to do the same thing to Northern Illinois. Right, but I don't know that you're getting points for doing it to Northern Illinois, and I think you get points for doing it to but Cal in the game. But you'll get points because you're Utah and you're not respected, so I can't be the one to disrespect them. But Chris Peterson is respected, so he gets the points. I just think it happened this weekend when Utah beat BYU and got credit for doing that, and Washington beat nobody. Again, didn't that goes to the respect Washington. for Utah. Yeah, but there's that respect just feeds for Washington. Too. Not as much as there is for Utah mm. this year. Not, not this year. Not this year. All right, we'll continue this later. But first, it's time for the life of Riley. Riley Nelson, BYU football analyst, joining DJ and PK right now on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Riley, good morning. Morning, fellas. Riley, you approach the game with a quarterback's brain, even though now you're up in the booth, not getting hit out on the field. And so I'm curious, because I'm sure you've gone back and watched some stuff. What did you see watching tape that you didn't see watching the game and you think, well, if they'd have fixed that, it would have made a huge difference? Yeah, great question. Um, the, the one thing that I didn't realize as much, because it was overshadowed by the mistakes, and I think uh, the fan in me is a little bit uh, same, you know, is guilty just as much as the general fan base and that you – I, I – I put too much emphasis on how much the – don't get me wrong, the pick six has definitely affected the game. But what that overshadowed for me was how hard Utah's defense really made life on BYU. So one thing I, I didn't – while I was watching one-on-one matchups and I was able to recognize that Utah was playing pretty much man coverage from about the middle of the second quarter through the, through the end of the game – was there was very little separation, if any, from any of the wide receivers on BYU. And then the, the other question begs, you know, why why did they not establish a run game? And, and the reason for that was the front seven for Utah, and this is no surprise to anybody, but they, it wasn't like they were playing in BYU's backfield, right? BYU's offensive line did a good enough job to keep them at bay, but they were playing such disciplined, well-executed football to make the run game so incredibly hard on BYU that they couldn't establish. And so it, while it wasn't super flashy and the, and the pick sixes, you know, one was a tip ball, the other one was kind of a you could, a BYU fan would classify it as a fluke as Zach Wilson, you know, gets shoestring tackled as he's releasing the ball. Um, but that overshadows truly how hard Utah's defense made life on BYU. So Tom Brady at 42 will throw interceptions, right? So they're going to happen from time to time. You just hope to minimize them or you hope that, uh, you know, it's on a bomb and the player goes down. Certainly the worst-case scenario is the pick sixes. With Zach Wilson just entering his sophomore year and starting his seventh or eighth game, whatever it might be, how long does it really take before you have a full grasp of what you're trying to do, knowing even, as I say, at that point, you're still going to throw a pick or two. 
Yeah, I'd probably say, and it's different for every player, but I'd say somewhere between 10 and 15 starts. Uh, it depends a little bit on on the uh, on the you know the coaches and the, and the way their style of coaching. Some coaches really drill into your mind, like those uh, you know the very specifics, the progression of the read, timing it up with your feet, and and have a lot of set of rules. Others and and I get the feeling from from just a little bit of being around practice and being in the game. Coach Roderick is more kind of letting them play. He doesn't want he doesn't want them to be robotic. Wants them to be out there um, playing instinctive and athletic. And that that's not a bad thing. It's just that you may erase some of the mistakes a little bit more. But uh, the the thing that you hope and and what I hope for for Zach Wilson in this offense that that second interception was one where. Um, obviously, you know, they, they had gone down. It was a big drive. It was everybody in the stadium felt like, okay, BYU needs to answer. BYU needs to not only – they need points at a, at a bare minimum, but they really need to put the ball in the end zone if they're going to make a game out of this thing. And Zach was really, really pressing in that moment. He, as you look back at that second interception – um, he threw it to the short side of the field where Utah was playing a combo coverage, and really the receiver was kind of had three defenders within ten yards of him. When up top, they were playing; they had an isolation man on man. Now, maybe he didn't love the matchup, and and I, you know, and there maybe that wasn't coached. Maybe they had something else drawn up. But as you look at it, that was one where maybe he felt the pressure and and forced and tried to win the ball, win the game on one throw. And those are the mistakes that I think can be eliminated from game to game. He's far enough into his progression um, and has enough starts under his belt that mistakes like those I hope to not see again. So when you talk, Riley Nelson joining us, a BYU football radio analyst, when you talk about BYU's inability to run the ball, Tyson Williams just did have seven carries for 45 yards. Now, maybe they didn't get him the ball that much late in the game and build on those numbers because they only had 15 snaps or something like that in the second half. Do you think he's 20 carries for 100 yards against Tennessee? Because Tennessee gave up 213 yards rushing to Georgia State. It seems like the game plan going forward ought to be make sure they run Williams. Yeah, I, I would agree with you, DJ. And also, if you look at the success in their best games last year, they were able to establish the run. Uh, you look at the upset that they pulled in Camp Randall last year against Wisconsin. You look at some of their better games down the stretch. And they were a heavy. They were probably sixty forty, if not two thirds, one third run pass ratio. And so, not only um, did Georgia State expose a vulnerability in Tennessee's defense, but uh, that's also when BYU, uh, at least under Coach Grimes, is playing their best football. Is when they're running the ball and they're running the ball both for volume and effectiveness. And so, that's something I hope to see. Now, watching that Tennessee Georgia State game. Uh, you talking about the rush game? It's not all on the tailback. That uh, that quarterback for Georgia State did a good job of minimizing um, minimizing errors or minimizing risk by using his legs to go and get first downs. I'm not saying Zach's got to turn into you know a, a runner or or expose himself to extra punishment, but he's got to be really smart and judicious in in pulling it down, using his legs to go, which he did a couple times against Utah. But uh, I hope he would he would continue and, and maybe expand on that a little bit more against Tennessee, seeing how effective Georgia State's quarterback was in contributing to that 200 plus um, team rushing number. 
So, given the fact that Tennessee went five and seven last year, I think they were two and six in conference. The year before, they were zero and eight in conference, and they're obviously not the Tennessee that we've known that won six national titles and all that stuff. And then they lose to Georgia State. Is it too dramatic to say this is a must win for BYU? Um, I don't think it's too dr- well. I guess that would depend on on uh, what you what you think or hope BYU to accomplish. I, I think most fans are still, you know, we're only one week into the season, and uh, for for them to accomplish goals of improving on last year's record, so that was seven wins, and, yeah. and so in hopes to get eight or nine wins, I think this is a must win. And then also from the standpoint, I mean, if uh, from the standpoint of just maintaining your fan base and keeping the interest level high and keeping, you know, a full stadium throughout the rest of the home game slate, I think, yeah, it is a must win from that standpoint. But it, it, from if I were a player or a coach, I don't think this is a must win. This is This is a must improve. I mean, you have to come out and you can't, we, you know, the interceptions are some of the more visible mistakes, but there was a, a plethora of mistakes made on defense. Guys not being disciplined and maintaining contain, letting the runner bounce outside, guys not making their fits, guys kind of playing hero ball, thinking that they can, you know, shoot in a gap to try and make a play in the backfield and realizing that Utah was just, you know, leisurely running the other way and that their, you know, their big risk was they came up extremely empty-handed. So from a program player standpoint, this is one where you have to definitely take a step forward. Um, if you, you have to be competitive, this has to be a game that in the fourth quarter, rather than your opponent running down the last nine minutes and 19 seconds doing nothing but running power and isolation plays, uh, that can't happen again. This has to be one where you're playing all four quarters, you're in it all four quarters. If the ball doesn't bounce your way, it's not the sky is not falling. Um, but you do have to show some signs of improvement if if you're going to make anything of this season. So are they going to have a great matchup at tight end game after game? Because you were talking earlier about how good BYU's defense is, and it looked like that was something – or excuse me, you were talking about how good Utah's defense was, and it looked like BYU could throw to the tight end. Uh, I don't know if any time they needed to. That might be an overstatement, but they could throw there most of the time. And we just lost Riley. Got your back, DJ. Oh, there you, you go. Hear me. Okay, sorry. Uh, can you just follow up? Can BYU throw to the tight end pretty much any time they want the rest of the year? Because it was pretty successful throwing to tight ends against Utah. Yeah, it, it definitely was in one-on-one coverage uh, for sure. If you, if you notice, um, late in the second half, for probably the last two offensive drives in the second half and then all through the third quarter, Utah um, – was they were running a lot of man blitz, blitzing that extra guy or man spy, uh, Wilson, but they took that extra defender rather than blitzing him or spying the quarterback, and they bracketed Bushman. They did that in the second half. So And and that's why he didn't catch any balls. You know That's why he kind of disappeared after uh, initial good performance. But, yeah, he does. I mean, that catch early on the back shoulder, he had a distinct size advantage and obviously made it look pretty easy. He's a good route runner in zone. Um, I think they can have it most any time they want, assuming that he's not being doubled like Utah did to him in the, in the second half of the game, which I fully expect from here on out because if you're a defense watching that team, no one really – you don't see really anybody that can hurt you uh, except for Bushman. And so it's worth you know, assigning two defenders to limit his production. From a starting 
quarterback standpoint, what do you think of bringing in somebody to take a couple snaps here and there in a wildcat or whatever it might be like they did with Jaron Hall? Yeah, um, we did my senior year. We did that with Taysom Hill. Um, obviously, you know, some people are somewhat surprised at that dude's athletic ability, but the second he walked off the plane and came down to BYU, we saw that, like, this guy was a freak, and and so we did that. I Selfishly, <laughs> PK, I, he probably, there was probably three or four red zone touchdowns that uh, I probably could have thrown. They could have padded <laughs> my numbers a little bit, so selfishly, I was, I, I'm against it from that standpoint, but from a production standpoint, you need to, in my opinion, you need to make sure the guy that's substituting is is that kind of a guy. In other words, he's a guy that can come in cold off the bench, but he's he's a, a calculated killer. Like the moment doesn't get to him, um, and he's going to go in there and execute and be special, even if it is one play every quarter or one or two plays throughout the course of a game. What you can't do is just you, you can't get caught up in the scheme of it. The reasons why coaches love throwing a guy in like that is because all right, even though we may only run five or six plays with this guy, the defense is going to have to spend a misproportionate amount of time preparing for this package. So it's not so much that the package will be super effective, but rather it's sucking up time and it's one more thing that the defense has to spend practice time on. You can't get caught up on, on that ideology. You, In my opinion, the you have to be locked in that that guy that you're subbing in is going to come in and make a difference uh, and be sure, much like, like I said, I mentioned Taysom Hill. I Before he got hurt and he only played the first five games of that season, but I think he had four or five touchdowns, two passing and two rushing. So he was extremely effective in that pack, in that package. And as a starting quarterback, ultimately I'm about winning the football game. So if a guy's producing like Taysom did for us back in 2012, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. But if you're just doing it to try and confuse the defense or cause them to burn a timeout, but the overall package has the potential to be a liability for you, then I think you've got to scratch it and keep your guys in there. You know, we can talk X's and O's and matchups and all that stuff all day, but how much do you think the team's going to be capable of shaking off a loss to Utah because it's something they pointed to for a long time and being 100% focused on Tennessee, or do you think there's a hangover? DJ, that is what I was talking with some coworkers yesterday. To me, the keys to this game have nothing to do with the athletes. It has nothing to do with size, matchups, you know, recruiting stars or anything like that. It's all about who's going to respond better mentally because both these programs are in similar places. You could argue who's feeling, you know, who's feeling worse about themselves, but the reality is the team that is going to lose on Saturday is going to be the team that has self-pity, is going to be the team that, uh, you know, is is feeling sorry for themselves, is going to be the team that starts fighting, blaming the offense for this, blaming the defense for that, losing trust in their teammates. It's too early in the season for all of that, but no even the best programs aren't immune to it when you're either BYU taking your ninth straight loss to your rival or you're Tennessee who pretty much everybody's jumped off their bandwagon and you lost to Georgia State, your first non-Power 5 home loss in however many years. So it's all going. this is going to all be about who can respond mentally, whose upperclassman leadership steps up, what coaching staff rallies to make sure that their guys – they maybe close the gaps of in preparation that they had before and, and and make sure that their guys meet a higher standard for this week and and come out swinging that to me what this whole game comes down to and in a way that's why I'm extremely excited because I love that as- aspect of the game it was an aspect of the game I always felt like I had a clear advantage 
was in my my mindset and my mental preparation and i think it can it can make much more of you as a player if if that part of your game is right if your mind and mentality is right you can be you know a, a far greater player than your physical um capabilities would lend you to be BYU can clearly schedule seven, eight wins if they wanted to and with their independent schedule, much like they had back in the old days when they're in the WAC and then later in the Mountain West and then play two or three big-name programs and see what you do there. Now, obviously, it's flipped a little bit and they're playing six, seven, eight big-name programs and maybe only two or three guaranteed wins. And I'm wondering, you as a player, what, not as a fan, but as a player, what would you prefer as far as a schedule being an independent? Yeah, I would prefer to play the logos. I mean, my my senior year, we played against Notre Dame, who was at their place and ended up, they were number two, ended up losing to Alabama in the national championship. Oregon State, who that year, <laughs> that was before they fell off a cliff. I, I think they were ranked like 10 or 12th, came into our house, you know, so lost another game by field goal, lose Oregon State by a touchdown. Um, we'll go up and play Boise, who was the 16th ranked team uh, in the country, and lose by a lose by one point, going for a two point conversion. And uh, I, my point, my as a player, my philosophy was I'd rather step in the ring with like a Muhammad Ali, and perhaps you know, and, and maybe get beat up but at least I was in the ring and competed and and I tried myself against the best um so that that's my philosophy as a player my philosophy now is kind of a fan and someone who wants the best for the program is actually opposite of that I think fans need wins no matter where they come from and it's probably a better scenario if you're let's say BYU you know schedules those let's say they go 11 and 2 but the strength of schedule is really weak and so you, you know I think 11 and 2 you're sneaking into the top 25 regardless it's a much better it's much better to have fans complain about the fact that oh we're only ranked 21st if we had a little bit better of a schedule we could get down into the teens as opposed to man we just keep you know 6 and 6 is really boring and I don't want to go see the team anymore so there there, there you go Riley, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Enjoy the trip to Tennessee, and we will talk to you again next week. Thanks, fellas. Talk to you next week. There's Riley Nelson, BYU football radio analyst, joining us every week right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up in about 15 minutes, Riley Jensen, our college football insider, will get his take on BYU-Tennessee, see what he thought of that rivalry game in Utah's win over BYU. Stay with us. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Remember to join Scott in Hands Monday from noon to 3 at Sound Sleep Medical, 8941 South, 700 East in Sandy. Just had uh, Riley Nelson on. We're about to have Riley Jensen on. It's the life of Riley, Wednesdays. Riley Nelson talking about uh, the team mood, the energy level, the confidence level. I don't know that either team, BYU or Tennessee, finished the game with 
much confidence at all. BYU couldn't get off the field the final nine minutes, only ran 15 defense, plays in the yeah. second half. Yeah, the oh. defense. And then Tennessee. They were so poo-poo. And then uh, Tennessee just was getting the ball run down their throat the whole second half and had zero chance of winning that game. They were so poo-poo-poo. <laughs> I mean, think about it. They are poo-poo-poo because at least the Cougars lost to a nationally ranked team, the best team in the Pac-12. Georgia, Georgia State, State was on the other two hand. and ten last year in and, the Sun Belt. In the Sun Belt, that is, and you pushed. can't. They both can't be poo poo. You got to add at least one extra poo. Possibly more than that. Maybe three or four poos. I'm I'm thinking the big dogs are running wild on the lawn and nobody's home and disaster is happening. You're gonna have to come out and you're gonna be upset. Nobody's picking up after the big dogs. Yeah, but see, I don't know that the size of the dog equates to the size. Well, you get the point. Yeah. So I would guess, just looking at it, that Tennessee's more beaten down than BYU. BYU had a better season a year ago than Tennessee. Barely, but yes. Right. Two and six in the SEC. And I would think that Tennessee's loss was harder to handle for their team than BYU's nah, loss was for non-conference. You reset. That's what I've been told. As an independent, you get no reset. I've been hearing that for years. Right, but so is Tennessee going to reset Ten, now? Tennessee gets to reset. When they get to the SEC. Right, so they got all sorts of hope and all sorts of uh, just aspirations because you get to reset. We've spent years cracking on BYU because they don't get a reset. Now... I can't say, well, Tennessee, you can get a reset. That doesn't count. You're hypocritical, and I always knew it. Not yet. Not until they get to SEC play. You reset at the conference season. You don't reset. Right, but you still have more confidence because you have the opportunity to reset. The actual reset doesn't happen until the conference season. I understand that. But the fact that you have the reset allows you to have more confidence. BYU shattered. They already know what bowl they're going to if they get six wins. They got nothing to play for. What the hell? The season is over. It's doomed. They've lost a game. They already know where they're going to end the season. That's all we've heard for years. That's all true. There's no Hyper Bowl there at all. And but, they're not they're playing in a Hawaii Bowl. Comma. But Tennessee is probably thinking, how are we getting to six wins when we already blew the Georgia no. State game? No, 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 no. No, no. If no, you're in a no, Power no, Five, no, no, no. you get to reset. You're in a conference. You have an opportunity for the Sugar Bowl and this bowl and that bowl. Come on. That's been the big knock against BYU. I was with a friend the other day, and it's exactly what he was telling me. Well, wait a second here. Tennessee has all this hope. All this glory is still ahead of them. You get the point that I'm making. BYU fans, rally around me. I really do love yous, and I'm sticking up for yous. This is an opportunity now to say, yeah, that's what we've been talking about. Finally, we've got a voice in the wilderness among all these Ute homers. Yes, that's me. <laughs> that was awesome. Good work. You speak from the heart. That's not, that's the, not the body part, part that you're speaking from. <laughs> <It> <laughs> <is>. <laughs> I'm not yeah, speaking from my anus, okay? <laughs> so I listen, are. forget that. The side of your neck is what I was talking about, as someone once told us. Talking out the my side neck. of his neck. I used to have zits down there, but I don't have a mouth. Poll questions up today. Utah's now the highest ranked team in the Pac 12. How long will it last? We're more than 100 votes in. Go to David DJ James on Twitter. We're more than 100 votes in. 57% for all season. 
All season long? All season long, yes, Alana. <laughs> uh, after Utah loses to Washington, got 22% of the vote so far. Oh, they're not losing to Washington. 11% for Saturday when uh, Washington beats Cal and just leapfrogs him by a no, spot. No, Saturday night's a night for fight and get a little action in. And Elton John is in the house tonight! You really are stream of consciousness this week. <laughs> uh, Utah loses to Washington State, is getting 10% of the vote. Elton John, Reggie Dwight. So I think 5,000 trucks over here on the street. <laughs> there are. Elton John in the house tonight. Betty! Betty! In the Jets. When we come back, Riley Jensen, college football insider. We'll talk Utes, Cougars, and Aggies with Riley next. Stay with us.